the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a uh, blessed uh, Saturday here. And um, I am uh, your host, Al Fadi, and you are joining us here uh, on Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialect on Faith Talk Radio, 1360 KPXQ. And um, if you have been uh, following us for the last few weeks, uh, you would have uh, uh, certainly uh, listened to our uh, different interviews and discussions related to two important topics that uh, probably they complement each other. The main topic, what we started with a couple of weeks earlier, is that do Muslims and Christians worship the same God? And really the reason why I wanted to focus on it is stemming from the controversy that arose at Wheaton College uh, related to one of their professors over there who posted on Facebook that uh, Muslims and Christians worship the same God. And that caused an uproar uh, among both, really, uh, sides, the, uh, um, uh, the uh, Christians and uh, the uh, other sides of Christians who are sympathizers. So you have Christians who are against this uh, theology, and you have other Christians who are actually promoter of this theology. And certainly uh, the only loser in this case are the Muslims who are looking at Christians fighting over uh, basic theology for that matter when it comes to who God is. And unfortunately, of course, uh, we end up losing more and more uh, connections with our Muslim people by offering false theology sometimes, even though uh, maybe the intent would have been a good intent. Uh, however, the results usually are not as good as we would have hoped for. And joining me here today uh, for uh, the fourth time, and I'm so excited about that, is our dear brother, uh, Dr. Fred Farouk who did his own dissertation on the topic of Muslim identity related to something called the insider movement, which basically uh, piggybacks on the idea that Muslims really have a lot of commonalities with our belief, including, of course, the identity of who God is and the prophet of Islam and so on and so forth. Fred, um, welcome aboard, brother, and thank you for joining us for the fourth time. Great being here. Last time um, we ended up the show uh, uh, with you giving some excellent examples about how the promoters of the insider movement sometimes take uh, verses from the Quran and try to reinterpret them. And you were really giving us an example uh, from the Bible. And uh, you mentioned, for instance, a couple of times in the Psalms, uh, like Psalm 14, for instance, talks about uh, the, the fool said in his heart, there is no God. And you said, if I would say uh, the Bible says there is no God, and it's mentioned twice in the Psalms, many times uh, Christians will come back and say, well, that's not what it says. Actually, it says the fool said in his heart, 
there is no God. Would you uh, care to um, elaborate further on how you're trying to tie this to the insider movement, of course? Yes. What I'm, what I'm trying to do is help Christians understand that uh, if we take, for example, the Quran and try to reinterpret it in a way that Muslims never understood it to be, it's really unethical and it's an infringement on, on the Muslims' holy book. The, the, the Quran belongs to Muslims, and Muhammad belongs to Muslims, and Muslims belong to him. But when Christians come and try to snatch the Quran away from Muslims and reinterpret it, which is happening increasingly, then it, it would be like someone going and reinterpreting the Bible. And, and actually, the Muslims have done this too. They've combed through the Bible, uh, even though the Bible never gives any indication that another religion was going to start after Jesus Christ died on the cross and said, it is finished, and finished the plan of salvation, that another prophet would arise after him and create a whole new religion. Well, Muslims have combed through the Bible, and they've picked out verses, and you know them well. You're, we don't have time to list them, but they've said, for example, the name Muhammad means praiseworthy, and the Hebrew word uh, for praise is Judah. So anything about the lion of the tribe of Judah, for example, could be reinterpreted to be mentioning the coming of Muhammad. Uh, when Jesus talked about the comforter coming, that could be interpreted to mean that Muhammad was going to come. But any basic overview of the Bible would indicate that those interpretations are not correct. So if, if we don't like Muslims twisting the Bible out of context, at the same we should give them the same respect and not twist the Quran out of context. Absolutely, brother. And uh, another troubling thing to me, which uh, the promoters of the insider movement who go to that extreme of even utilizing what you mentioned last week, the Muslim idiom translations, which is basically looking at uh, passages or titles uh, and words in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, that would be troubling to a Muslim person. Example, removing the word father in reference to God and replacing it with something as guardian, or removing the word son of God because it's troubling to a Muslim person, and replacing it with things as, for instance, uh, prince uh, or servant or messiah and, and many other ways. And the promoters of the insider movement argument would say, well, a Muslim doesn't like to call God a father because that's blasphemy, and they believe if Jesus is the son of God, that means God has a relationship, a sexual relationship with a woman resulting in a son. Well, uh, here's my response to that. Um, I believe in that as a Muslim. Today, I don't believe in it anymore. Why? By, by the power of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, of course. Number two, why would I then change the Word of God that saves the Muslim person to suit his false understanding rather than to help him realize that that's not what the Bible teaches. And let me even show you passages. Instead of utilizing those difficulties in the Muslim mind as an opportunity to have a Bible discussion and a Bible study and even sharing the truth in love from the Scripture, we turn around and we change our own Bible and hence, we are confirming another Islamic misunderstanding that Christians corrupt their Bible. Now, uh, Fred, you know, have you dealt with these issues? And tell me, what are the ethical problems stemming from things like this that the insider movements basically would promote, in addition to the things you've mentioned already? Yes, the, the 
brought up some excellent points regarding the Bible translations, and this is very serious because, you know, we all talk to people, we witness to people, and later we said, you know, I should have said that, I didn't say this right. But when we're talking about Bible translations, we're talking about something that has uh, much more lasting importance. And to take out these words, Father and Son, is exactly, it's not only bad Bible translation, and it not only takes away uh, the Savior by taking out the Son of God from the Bible, it really undercuts the whole, it diminishes Jesus Christ. In the same spirit of Islam, it diminishes uh, Jesus Christ. Um, but it also, like you said, it is a strategic calamity, because Muslims for 1,400 years, because they found, obviously, the Bible and the Quran message are different, even though Muhammad did say some things about the, 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 the Injil and the people of the book uh, having a scripture with them, but there are such glaring differences between the Bible and the Quran that the, the Muslims only could develop the, the doctrine of tahrif, that the Bible would be muharraf, corrupted. And for, for 1,400 years, the manuscripts for the Bible, there was never any corruption of the Bible textually. Now, the Muslims said, see, you've changed your Bible, you do anything you want. We know father and son are in there, but you've taken them out. So this really uh, is a shame uh, for the, the whole Christian community. And, and part of this uh, process, again, is... Uh, the theological liberalism that has unfortunately cast its shadow over the Western world, uh, even to the point where words seem not to mean anything anymore. So this is uh, this is just one of the the problems with these Muslim idiom Bible translations. But I can also, if we have time, speak of some more of the ethical problems. Absolutely, brother. Why don't you give us maybe another one or two uh, more ethical problems? In terms of uh, for example, when, when I did my Ph.D. research, I asked these Muslims and Muslim background Christians, and the Muslims included imams, I said, well, uh, what if a person is a Muslim, and they, but they come to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, God, and Savior, but they, they call themselves a Muslim, uh, you know, a Muslim submitted to God through Jesus, or something like that. They, they were, believe me, the Muslims, they got more upset about this than anything that you would ever find in the Bible. Because they said, you know, the word Muslim has a meaning. And you can't, for example, if you if you look in the phone book or Internet, or if you ask anybody, you know, I want to go to a church, I want to go to a synagogue, I want to go to a Buddhist temple, they'll tell you, oh, here are your options. But if you come here and you ask people, I want to go to a house of worship for the people that are submitted to God, well, everyone's going to look at you confused. Uh, because uh, there are no houses of worship by that name, because all of the mosques, they are frequented by people who call themselves Muslims. They don't translate the word Muslim, because the word Muslim is associated with the religion of Islam and being a follower of Muhammad. So what has happened with these insider movement people, uh, these Western missionaries, they've said, well, who is better submitted to God than we, if we submitted to Jesus. So let's just call ourselves Muslim. But what happens is it ends up co-opting or stealing the term Muslim from the Muslims themselves. And the insiders have said, well, maybe this will allow these these insider people to become better witnesses for Islam. You know, they, they call themselves Muslims, they stay inside the mosque, and they can witness for Jesus there. 
tried to tell Christians, I said, you know, most Christians are not familiar with Islamic communities, but I tell them this, imagine some people in your church, they converted to Islam, and they thought, so they said to themselves, you know, let's not call ourselves Muslims, we'll continue to call ourselves Christians, we'll stay inside the church, and we'll witness for Islam and Muhammad in the church. Would you feel that this would be ethical, or would you feel that this would be unethical? And, and that is how Muslims feel when people who become Christ worshippers try to continue to uh, stay inside the mosque, because every call to prayer, as you know, it calls out, So the call is saying that you're bearing witness that Muhammad is the Apostle of Allah. And every time you go there in the Akama, this is also recited. So to to say that you, you affirm Muhammad as a prophet and at the same time believe in Jesus Christ as Lord, God, and Savior, which Muhammad rejected, this is a big ethical problem. And we we're concerned because Muslims that are being tossed in it seems like uh, uh, we lost our brother Fred here. Um, uh, maybe there is uh, a technical problem. Uh, we will try to reconnect with him. Um, I want to elaborate a little bit uh, further on uh, what uh, brother Fred was talking about here. Um, obviously, uh, when uh, promoters of the insider movement try to uh, create a new identity for our uh, Muslim, uh, basically followers of Christ, uh, in an essence, uh, they are actually presenting Christianity as a deceptive approach, as a uh, uh, a religion uh, that does not really teach uh, um, truth in love. Uh, rather, it uses underhanded methods, and that's what the Quran actually presents Christianity as. And therefore, we are playing right into their hands the hands of the Muslim people, by promoting methods like this that will support their own false understandings about what Christianity is all about. And therefore, we are definitely um, uh, not uh, serving our Muslim people uh, uh, right. We are loving them all the way, actually, not to eternal life, because we are making them believe that whatever they are teaching is absolutely correct. Uh, do we have Fred back? Yes. All right, brother. Um, I don't know what happened, but I was kind of like uh, elaborating a little bit uh, on what you were uh, saying uh, related to some of those ethical issues. Uh, please uh, go ahead, brother, and uh, you can finish your thought. Yes, and I'm um, sorry I dropped the call there. The uh, you know We should afford to Muslims the same courtesies that we would expect for uh, Muslims in their witness of Islam. In other words, we should do unto other people what we would have them do to us. So if, if Muslims started stealing, if you will, I don't want to use a pretty harsh word, but if, if say, Muslims started calling themselves Christians or, uh, you know, some biblical terminology, the flock of God, some, some terminology, and the Muslims actually sometimes do this, they borrow Christian terminology, this can be, you know, confusing to Christians and it can steal the identity markers of, of not help uh, and if people are tricked or through clever maneuvers brought into the kingdom of God. And so uh, the key thing for Muslims is to get the clear presentation of the gospel, not Americanism or British culture or anything like that, just what the Bible says. Muslims are, uh, you know,
you know, and, and this is what people have said about insider movements. Muslim, the Muslim leaders in these. Uh, unfortunately, um, for whatever reason, uh, we are losing our brother here. Maybe it's a connection issue. Um, I want to, um, while we're trying to reconnect with him, uh, I want to look at um, uh, another question uh, that is uh, going to be a problem, of course, when it comes to the insider movement. And uh, the question related here to the idea that um, our American Christians uh, and American churches, I should say, uh, supporting insider movement, and do they realize they are supporting the insider movement? Unfortunately, uh, by me attending a number of those uh, consultations on the insider movement, and they have so many of those, by the way, and they come under different names. Um, you can listen, of course, to the previous episodes that I did on that. Uh, it seems to me that lack of discipleship um, and lack of understanding of what the Scripture teaches related to uh, sound doctrines uh, has been actually the core cause for this empathy and sympathy, for that matter, towards supporting insider movement because we look at it as a way of bringing Muslims to Christ when, in fact, it is not actually a sound uh, teaching. So when you have leaders at the church that either out of um, lack of understanding of what Islam teaches, or too much trusting in the uh, uh, missionaries and their approach without uh, holding them accountable biblically, uh, causing not only the churches to stand behind them, but also the followers, uh, the Christians, to also back up the support of these insider movements. Um, uh, we have Fred again with us. Uh, brother, I am sorry uh, that um, we're having these technical issues. But I was actually addressing another question here maybe you can further elaborate on. And uh, the question is, do many American churches realize that they're supporting insider movements? Yeah, and I think from what I've come to learn, it's very few people do, because uh, most of the insider proponents, they've just said, well, we're reaching Muslims with the gospel, and um, people don't know even what questions to ask, and so they just believe that they're, in fact, uh, doing what would be thought of as traditional missionary work, when in fact, in many cases, the people are undermining, in terms of those that are producing, for example, Muslim idiot translations of the Bible, Christians are sending their money for this, but they don't realize they're undercutting the work of God in the area in these areas. And one of the, the problems we have as a backdrop to all this is that Americans especially, but not only Americans, they love bigger, faster, better. So who are you going to send your money to? The one that says they have thousands of converts or the one that says they have the ones and the twos and the threes? Um, and again, it's short, it's kind of McDonald's-style mission. It has to be very fast and very quick. Uh, in, in many cases, this is what was the backdrop to creating the insider movement paradigm. And in some contexts, maybe, you know, in, a, in, in an American context or in another context where there's a Christian upsurge already, you could see a lot of converts quick. But in the Muslim community, it's happening, but not in the insider way. So it's important for Christians to understand that we shouldn't just immediately believe everything anybody says. We need to actually do some research and figure out what's going on in the field. Amen. Amen, brother. And, and really, 
Uh, as a former Muslim myself, and I'm sure you would agree with me, uh, when I start reading reports about mosques converting, I didn't look at that as positive, actually. I looked at that, that there is something here not right about these reports. Because you and I understand the mindset of a Muslim person, the honor and shame, the the ummah, the community, the influence, the, the fear factor from God, the fear factor from the authority, the fear factor from the family. I mean, uh, someone has to really investigate and explore these things. And uh, I want to just also give a positive report. Indeed, I know of a lot of Muslims in even Saudi who are believers in Christ. The fact that they don't come out uh, basically publicly doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is not working. With that in mind, now I'm going to ask you a question related to the Holy Spirit. Couldn't the Holy Spirit be using inside of movements to bring the gospel to Muslims, brother? Well, we're seeing this in the literature now, um, where the insider movements, several researchers have shown, not myself, but even others, that it's not really a biblical model at all, and the text that they use from the Bible to promote insider movements are not reliable uh, interpretations of those texts. So some of the insiders now are just saying, well, the Holy Spirit is doing this. Who are we to stand against it? The point of the, I, would, I would share with people is this. We know from John chapter 16 that the Holy Spirit, according to what Jesus said about the Spirit in uh, verse 14, he will glorify me. So when the Spirit comes, the Spirit will glorify Jesus. And in general, insider movements follow the Islamic track, because it's a mixture between Islam and Christianity in general. Islam is a very strong movement to diminish the Lord Jesus Christ and make him just a prophet. And so the insider track, you'll see that Jesus' divinity uh, is not emphasized. They'll usually just talk about Jesus being a prophet, using Islamic honorifics about him, and so forth, um, in, in many cases, not in all cases. But we can notice that the Spirit is not going to anoint or bless something that's diminishing Jesus Christ, because the Bible said, the Spirit, according to Jesus' own words, will glorify me. And so uh, we, we couldn't just say, well, uh, the Holy Spirit is, is causing insider movements. No, it's actually a missional experimentation on the part of uh, Western missionaries. Many of them mean well, and in, in no case am I judging anyone's motivation. In fact, I'm thankful that they're trying to do something to engage Muslims. It's unfortunate that uh, it's, it's uh, the tragedy and the irony, just to quickly end this point. In the beginning, we talked about this post-colonial guilt. They didn't like the way it was going with colonialism, so they created this new, this new thing, insider movements, everyone believed in the same God, and so forth, reconciling the theology. Now we've come back to colonialism again by taking away the term Muslim from Muslims themselves, and redefining it, as these Christian insider movement advocates are doing. Uh, as you mentioned, Muslims all over Iran, Saudi, Algeria, I've been hearing great reports talking to people. They're coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Muslim background believers in Christ themselves are not uh, moving into insider-type mentality. They want a Christ-centered model, both for their identity, for their worship uh, groups, and it should be a Christocentric identity. Amen. Well, uh, uh, with that positive uh, report, uh, Brother, um, I want to just extend really a heartfelt thanks uh, for you making time for us in the last four episodes to uh, 
uh, dialogue with us on uh, such important topics, and uh, I am sure that our listeners have benefited uh, tremendously uh, from your expertise and from your research, and I encourage people to uh, Google your name, uh, Fred Farouk, to come across a number of articles uh, that have been written by you. And I also I want to extend an invitation to you to hopefully in the near future also to continue uh, uh, such uh, discussions on this show. Uh, so thank you again, brother. Thank you. thank you very much. Keep up the good work. Thank you, brother. And uh, thanks again for listening to our show, Let Us Reason, a Christian Muslim dialect with Al-Fadi. Um, and uh, uh, we pray that uh, you have benefited from uh, these uh, timely and important topics Uh, that impact really our outreach to our Muslim friends and Muslim neighbors. Until we meet next week, have a blessed week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.